Hey, welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford, your host from Lynx. Situated about 15 miles west, northwest as the crow flies from Augusta National Golf Club in Evans, Georgia. Champions Retreat is a private golf club with 27 holes on 365 acres of skyward Georgia pines, long-standing hardwood, and sprawling wetlands along the Savannah River. Champions Retreat, as you may know, is the host to the opening two rounds of the Augusta National Women's Amateur Golf Tournament, which is set once again this year, the week before the Masters. Of course, the competitors then go to play a practice round on Augusta National on Friday. Yet Wednesday, Thursday at Champions Retreat, Friday, practice round at Augusta, Saturday, final round, Augusta National Golf Club. What a thrill for those young ladies to be able to play there. I had the pleasure of visiting Champions Retreat in November of this past year and playing all three courses, staying on site in a cottage. What a lovely experience. Champions Retreat is the only club that can claim three designs from Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, and Gary Player. In fact, the idea was even thought of at the dinner table at a Champions Dinner in 1999. Although it is private, there is opportunity to play it during Masters Week. We cover everything Champions Retreat in this episode in our interview, a conversation I had with General Manager Cameron Weeb, who himself has a pretty impressive background prior to Champions Retreat. That is coming up along with Cameron's answer to the topic of the week, Who is your favorite golf course architect? I had Cameron answer this question twofold. I put him on the ropes and made him tell me who his favorite architect was between the three guys at Champions Retreat and asked him to also give me his favorite golf architect overall. I knew this one would have a good turnout from our readers. It's right in their wheelhouse, and you guys didn't disappoint. A lot of variety, great responses. Thank you again. I hope you will continue reading our newsletter and encouraging people to sign up. They can do so by entering their email address at linksmagazine.com, clicking the Get Our Newsletters link, and signing up. All right, so let's start with our first answer. This comes from Thomas G. A.W. Tillinghast, brutally challenging greens and collars amidst fairways that have more than stood the test of time. Tillinghast, of course, well-known, well-mentioned among poll answers. Think winged foot. Think Beth Page, San Francisco Golf Club, Somerset Hills, Baltus Raw. I mean, the list really goes on. I'm sure you could guess a lot of the names that are part of this list. Another familiar one you may be thinking to yourself should be on here. This comes from O&S. I've only played one of his courses, Yale, but it's hard for me to not put C.B. McDonald. I'm fortunate enough to be reading George Bato's The Evangelist of Golf. And the importance of McDonald in getting golf started in America is incredible. And it wasn't easy. Though he certainly had his faults, thank goodness we had someone so committed to the game of golf here in the U.S. So many of his courses, especially the National Golf Links of America, are some of the very best in the world, and I hope to get the chance to play them someday. Don't we all, Owen? Here's one of a name you may not have heard. Keith Foster. I've played about 25 of his new or renovation projects, and none of them disappoint. Subtle greens with massive bumps, tree issues removed, but best of all, his bunker style that makes every hole stand out. That comes from Rory S. Thank you, Rory. Seeing a lot of Donald Rosses, 
some peat dye mixed in there. Lee B gives a good multi-level answer here. All-time Old Tom. Along with Alan Robertson, most all things flow. Golden Age, Harry Colt, and A.W. Tillinghast. Their courses have aged exceptionally well. More championships on Tilly courses than any other architect. Modern, Cor Crenshaw. Very picky about the land they take on. History will be very kind to them. Here's a good one from Andy S. Arthur Hills, RIP. Built so many great tracks and playable courses that you would never tire of playing. He was also never hesitant to go back and revise, upgrade, and modify a course where there may not have been an initial ideal hole condition at that course. I really like the Arthur Hills course here on Hilton Head at Palmetto Dunes, so count me as a fan. few more here sorting through. I'm seeing Bobby Weed, Pete Dye's protege, Gil Hands, several core Crenshaws. Ralph R. has a different one. Bob Cup studied art and transferred it to the golf course. Most enjoyable and a good test, his first design after leaving the employ of Jack Nicholas Ansley at Settendown Creek in Roswell, Georgia. Okay, let's do a few more here, and then we'll wrap it up. Rick C. with a popular answer, who has a lot of great works across the pond. Harry Colt, the older I get, the more I appreciate great short par fours. Harry was the master. Colt, you may know of Royal Port. Colt, you may know of Royal Portrush fame, Sunningdale, Royal Lytham St. Anne's, or even in the states he contributed to Pine Valley as well. Last response, we'll get into one of my answers. Comes from J A, and that's David McClay Kidd, a Scotsman that can make a top 100 out of a volcano, let alone design the legendary Bandon Dunes. Gets my vote. Nenea is such a wonderful course crafted out of volcanic rock. His desire to show the natural flow of the land while tempting the golfer with unknown trust, in quotations, makes for a most enjoyable experience. I've had the pleasure of playing a couple of David McClay kids' designs, that being Mammoth Dunes at Sand Valley and the original Bandon Dunes course. And for me, it's just fun. Playable golf course gives you a lot of options to work with. Never felt like either of those were particularly vexing, especially Mammoth Dunes. You can really just hit it anywhere. DMK gets my vote along with Donald Ross. I grew up on a Ross course, so I have a big affinity for Ross and his designs. Mid-Pines at the top of that list. So yeah, those are my two. Thank you guys so much again for your responses. I know you'll enjoy hearing from Cameron Weeb and what he had to say, who his picks were at the end of his interview. So let's get to that conversation now. This is Champions Retreat General Manager Cameron Weeb. Very excited to be joined today by the General Manager of Champions Retreat, Cameron Weeb. Got his pronunciation right. Made sure to do it before I started recording. So we're good there. Uh, Cameron, I went, came and saw you guys at, at Champions Retreat uh, in November. How have you been since then? Wonderful, Al. Thanks for having me. Um, we've been great. Went through a nice winter here in, in, uh, in Augusta, Georgia, and spring has sprung. It's upon us. Yeah. I know you guys are right next door to uh, the place everyone knows, and uh, more people are starting to learn what Champions Retreat is, too, in large part thanks to the Augusta National Women's Amateur Tournament. Uh, that started in 2019 and 
has held its first couple of rounds at Champions Retreat uh, since inception. Uh, what I like to do on a lot of these podcasts, uh, we we tend to talk about places that that people know but may not have been to, or people don't know that may not have been to. I think Champions is kind of maybe in between right now. Um, a lot of people know it. It's it is a private club, so maybe not as people have experienced it yet. But uh, can you just give us a an overview of what is Champions Retreat, where it is, and um, and yeah, let's start there. Absolutely. Well, again, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. I think Champions Retreat is is kind of emerged from the shadows a little bit. We're we're a new club by you know the industry standard. Um, found founded in 2005, the club actually in 1999 was an idea um, by a couple of local businessmen here in Augusta uh, that had ties to Gary Player in South Africa, and in '99, Gary Player collected uh, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas at the champions dinner and said, there's a new concept afoot. Would you be interested? And there's an amazing parcel of land just 14 miles down the road from, from Augusta national. It's, it borders the Savannah river. It kind of winds through the bluffs and along the Uchi Creek. Uh, this could be something of interest and, and fortunate, fortunately for us, they said yes. And so, you know, champions retreat is a private club. And that's, I think part of the, but part of both the beauty and some sometimes the challenge of people getting a chance to know it. Um, but when it starts to find itself on, on television live streamed from our friends at Augusta national holding the first two rounds of the Augusta national women's amateur, uh, all of a sudden uh, we've started to become a lot more um, popular and a little better known. So, you know, 27 hole facility based on 365 acres. Uh, our, our line is, you know, a hidden gem in plain sight We're we're not, uh, too far down the street, as I mentioned, just down Washington Road from Augusta National. Um, each of those three designers um, did nine holes, the only time in the world, only place in the world that they've each done so and collaborated collectively. And then, you know, wrap that into this serene setting um, here at Champions, again, along the Savannah River and winding through the bluffs and along the Uchi Creek. Uh, it's a special place. It's gorgeous place too. I mean, it the setting there on the river, especially you get to those island holes that play right on the river. That's the the Palmer Nine, um, which you will see on television. Uh, they play the. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They play the um, the Palmer and the Nicholas Nine. So that's the island and the bluff. That's for, correct for Anwa, as they say. While we're on that topic, let's just you know how's the preparation going for this year? Um, anything? new to share that that is going on this year and uh, I assume it's been something that you've gotten better with since it, it started uh, year after year. Of course well again I'll replay the tape a little bit in 2018 during the master's press conference chairman Ridley announced this new initiative to start in 2019 and and if we're being honest you know we found out about the event in its uh, in its fullest form at the same time as the world, uh, within 24 hours of it anyway. And, and so we had 363 days to, uh, to prepare. And, you know, the, I guess the vote of confidence was that we have, you know, national caliber conditions and, uh, and certainly we can prepare ourselves with them as our, as partners in crime. So well, we've been really fortunate. 2019 was a magical year. The inaugural was unbelievable. The weather was perfect. 
the players uh, were magical. Obviously, everyone knows the story of Jennifer Cupcho and Maria Fossey and how that played out on Saturday in the final round. And so, you know, the magic had begun and, and this is now a tradition. And of course, COVID uh, impacted the world, not just the golf world. And so there was a pause in 2020. Uh, the event coming back in 21 was, again, really well received. Well, no patrons. Uh, the event was unbelievable. And, and with Kajitani winning, that did something for the world of golf as well, um, certainly in Japan. And now we're excited and, and we're back, if you will, with patrons in full flight, uh, looking forward to the 2022 event. So, you know, in terms of preparations, uh, the wrinkle would be that it's during the the summer months of 2021, we decided that we were going to regrass all of our green surfaces and collars and surrounds. And that's no small feat, as many people in the golf world would know. And so the process of doing that and, and having those surfaces respond accordingly with this uh, background uh, pressure or knowledge of, of an, a global event coming up in the spring, it was uh, a big event. And uh, kudos to our team and, and those involved with getting that done. But Putting surfaces are unbelievable. They're, we're so excited. Um, uniform, beautiful Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. So uh, we get to show the world uh, the new version or Champions 2.0, if you will. So it's, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I had the chance to play on the, those new greens. Those were, they must have just opened, I think, when, when I was there. So you really turned them around and they were great then. I can't imagine what condition they're in right now. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. We're, we're looking forward to you seeing it again. And, and certainly the world will as well. Well, so am I. Um, and I know, uh, just for anyone who's wondering the answer to the question of, can you buy tickets to the Augusta national women's amateur is yes, but you have to do it in advance, right? Yeah. Similar to the master's tournament, they run a lottery. So you can put your name in the, in the hat for the lottery. And for those fortunate to win the you know, the golden ticket, so to speak, um, you'll be contacted by them. So that lottery has since taken place. So this year's event is sold out. And so tickets are available. And certainly um, Saturday event, the Saturday event over at the Augusta National, those tickets are also available, but also through that process. So, you know, the, just like the drive chip and putt or the Masters tournament themselves, um, it's important for people to get out in front of that plan accordingly. Um, and and be proactive, keep watching their sites and, and, and go through process of lottery. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is one way that you can see champions retreat for yourself. Um, of course, another way would be to become a member. They, there's a discovery package for prospective members there too. Uh, but there's another way that potentially someone from the public could uh, experience champions retreat during master's week can you speak a little bit to how that process works yeah you know it's interesting um so being a private club champions retreat is for all intents and purposes closed to the public for 50 weeks of the year then of course the augusta national women's amateur is one week so that is a is tournament week so that's not available but then master's week you know we really lower the barrier to entry and and champions retreat is available to anyone who wants to play the course, experience our hospitality, eat in our steakhouse or other dining venue options, um, and even come to the driving range at night and hit golf balls under the lights. Uh, you know, we have a DJ out there. It's an opportunity for hospitality during that experience as well. And, and it's a fun way to spend a master's week. So um, master's week uh, is available 
you know, cottages can be rented, typically done so by corporations, but not all the time. Of course, individuals could take take a cottage for the week. Um, that's a process you have to get in, you know, get in early and make sure that you're proactive in that process. But tea times are available at Champions Retreat. Um, you can call us here. We're available on the website. And you're right. Uh, there's also through that process for people who are looking for a longer term relationship with the club, like any other private club, we have an application process that starts with an introduction through our online uh, presence in the website. But um, those are the ways. And uh, and we're excited. It's a, it's a very busy time here during Masters Week, as you can imagine. Uh, golf is in the air and, and people certainly like to play as much as they like to watch it. And we have a lot of people who make this a, a an annual voyage. They, you know, they they get those tickets to the tournament, they come over to the club, they play, they eat dinner here, they entertain their clients perhaps, uh, and then they weave the tournament viewing experience into that. The website is championsretreat.net, and you'll see right on the top, there's a, a place for Masters Week for anyone interested there. Uh, let's get back to the golf, and as you mentioned before, you've got three nines. So you've got the island, which is Palmer. Uh, the bluff is Nicholas, and the creek is Gary Player. Uh, could you give us briefly, walk us through those three, just kind of describe the, the differences in setting and, and maybe in playability of those courses? Yeah, of course. Uh, happy to do so. You know, it's interesting. Anytime you have three designers on a property, you start to wonder how different will the three nines be, and will this all feel the same, or am I going to have something so dramatically different from one nine to the next. So what I will say is the tie together are, you know, tall Georgia pines, obviously, you know, the setting, the backdrop is, is similar as you go throughout. However, there are distinctive features for each nine. And, and so you mentioned Jack Nicholas in the bluff nine, we'll start there, you know, as a typical Nicholas design, demanding off the tee, challenging sight lines, uh, undulation, both in fairways and second shots, but also in and around the greens, a little bit more um, topographically challenging on the green surfaces. So what we'll call opportunity for defensive putting. And, and that's similar to what you'd see in, in a lot of Nicholas nines. Um, so sometimes the lower handicap players or confident drivers of the golf ball favor that nine. They, they like that one the best and certainly some amazing vistas on that nine. Secondarily, you would look at, uh, let's go to the island next, Arnold Palmer's design. And again, typical Palmer, a little more forgiving off the tee, beautiful um, sight lines, obviously along the Savannah River. There's some water, water features out there as well with ponds, et cetera. And so a little bit more of the forced carries that you don't see necessarily on the bluff, but um, he also elevates his green surfaces a little bit more dramatically than perhaps what was done on the other two. So Missing a green has its own penal effect, but it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that, you know, the green surfaces are, are plenty big enough, but you're going to be busy chipping and putting if, uh, if you miss those greens. And then again, uh, if we review in the same fashion, the Creek nine from Gary player, Gary player, again, a little bit more of the force carries, but generously wide fairways, you know, wide sight lines. So you're not intimidated on that nine large green surfaces, uh, bigger than the other two, certainly, and much more, um, I won't say much more playable, but a little more welcoming. And, um, and so, you know, as you start to work across the three nines, you would start to say definitely more challenging on the bluff nine, a little less challenging 
and uh, a little more welcoming on the Island 9. And then the combination of some force carries, but again, uh, less intimidating sight lines from the creek. And so depending on the playability of, of, of an individual and the way we play them here at Champions Retreat is every day we change rotation. So you would play, let's say, Nicholas to Palmer. The next day you would play Palmer to player. And then finally you'd play player to Nicholas. And you can have a little bit of everything. And for those who have the stamina, they can play all 27 in one day and, and have everything they want and more. We tried that. We finished in the dark, I think, when yeah. I was there. Uh, there really is exceptional variety, uh, both in the courses, but I think you can almost see into the minds of each each of those architects as they were building and thinking, I've only got nine holes here to make my impression. Uh, I really felt that in, in terms of a each nine-hole rounding, there was also really great variety within the nine. Um you know, I got to mix really in point. a short par four, got to mix in a beautiful uh, par three from a huge drop off tee box. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I have a list here of my favorite holes uh, from okay. each course. I, I wonder if this would line up with you. Um, but my pick, let's see, for Palmer, uh, there's I think a lot of people may it, the love hate relationship with hole four, maybe, which has your uh, center line sure. tree off the tee, yes. smack dab in the middle of the fairway. Um, yes. Begging you to hit it. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually like that. Um, yeah. Basically, aim for the tree and you won't hit it, right? Well, that's exactly. And, and remember, from where most people would play it from, it's only 320 yards away. So you won't hit it on your drive. It's a great sight line to start. If you're successful in doing so, now you have to navigate it on your second shot. Yeah, and, and and that's where I think the challenge comes in, which is it takes what would ultimately be a, a, a moderately straightforward hole and adds an element of forced uh, shot shaping into it. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. But I actually lean towards uh, the seventh hole. So short par ah, four. Yeah. Um, you can get right up to the, the green if you want, but there's a big sand bunker all the way down on the right. Um, I liked the the challenge of that hole. Uh, similarly, on the Nicholas course, the bluff, I liked the sixth. Very picturesque. Yes. Also short par four. Creek running right in between the two Beautiful holes. Beautiful hole. Uh, and that green's like it, sat on the, the side of the hill there. Very. It seems relatively innocuous when you're standing on the tee. It's got a, you know, it, it doesn't force you to hit driver. You could hit, you have options to hit something shorter down the hill. It's a position tee shot. But out of position, that second shot is very, very difficult. As you had said, meandering creek along the uh, short and left of that hole, a cavernous greenside, uh, let's call it just a greens collection area or a green collection area to the right of it that's not an easy up and down, and a small kidney-shaped green uh, that's, that's not overly undulating. It's just difficult to hit. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're approaching it with the, usually a shorter club in your hand from a hanging lie. Uh, which is also a wrinkle that just makes things a little less comfortable. So great. Mm -hmm. That's a great choice. Yeah. And if you do find yourself over on that hole, there's a little bit of space, but then you have to worry about your chip coming back uh, because <laughs> everyone the, loves the to creek. chip towards the water. Don't right. they? Right. <laughs> yeah. Butts the back of it there. And that's then right. the, the player course, the Creek, I, I really like the ninth hole. Uh, that was a, a gorgeous way to end that nine. Uh, and and it's a beast. Great. 
Mm-hmm. It's a beast, isn't it? I mean, that's uh, so for those of you who haven't gotten a chance to see it, you'll get a chance to um, perhaps see some overview shots and it's highlighted on our, on our website, but it's an elevated tee shot to a well-guarded fairway bunkers on the left water on the right. Uh, also has a framing tree in the corner that doesn't really play into the hole, but the green surface itself is angled um, at about a 45 degree angle and, and it makes it play off angle, makes it play narrow. And it also has some good undulation on the green. So you'll have water immediately green side to the right and, and a bunker immediately green side to the left. So an accurate second shot's important and no easy up and down if you miss it. So mm-hmm. again, great finish. I, I think you actually raised a really good point, which is they uh, each of those designers did a really nice job of identifying a signature hole. And so for each of those, uh, for each of those nines, there's something memorable and, and challenging in each of them. It's a good call. Yeah. How did you uh, find your way to Champions Retreat? What what made you, you know, when the opportunity arose and and ultimately you were offered the position, what made you say this is what I want to do and where I need to be? Yeah, thank you. Well, my background is actually as a club professional, and so being from Canada, which a lot of people don't know, I I followed the sun and had the opportunity to do so when I was going to school down at Methodist University in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I found myself as an assistant golf professional at a place called the Country Club in North Carolina, and I've been fortunate from CCNC. I worked at the Country Club uh, in Brookline. I was there for four years, had an opportunity from there to become the director of golf in Toronto at a place called St. George's Golf and Country Club. Phenomenal place, Canadian Open this year. And, And then from there, went back south. Actually, my wife is from the United States, and and she was living down in South Florida where we met. And I had an opportunity to get back down to a place called the Everglades Club, Seth Rayner Design, 1919 in Palm Beach, uh, Florida. So, you know, having spent eight years there and then getting uh, this opportunity presented to me, uh, someone, uh, they were looking for someone to help kind of transform the property and, and had, you know, perhaps some of the private club experience that I had had that was golf focused as Champions Retreat is a pure golf club. Uh, we don't have tennis courts or swimming pools or those things. So our focus was on golf. I was really excited about that opportunity and doing so. And then, you know, further to that, I'm also a father. We have two great boys and, you know, where we raised our children was going to be important. Uh, for those of you following along at home, Augusta, Georgia is a phenomenal place. Uh, Evans specifically, which is the neighboring town where we are, uh, again, just on the edge. But uh, it most recently had been ranked like one of the top places to to live in the United States. And, and a lot of it has to do with the schooling system and the cost of living and, and the people are phenomenal and they, they welcomed us with open arms. They've been hugely supportive. The club is in such a great place. It's a wonderful facility. Uh, there are so many things Al, that we're going for it. Um, and we've been really fortunate. We're, we're, uh, let's see, we're working towards eight years now. So uh, good things and it's, and it's going great. And of course, as I mentioned, the Augusta national women's amateur was almost like the, the cherry on top that was not in the decision matrix when we were going through the process eight years ago, but it's a, it's a nice progression for sure. Yeah. Quite a year for you, you know, mentioned the Canadian open U S open at, at Brookline for you and, and Anwa. it's, it's all lining up for you. <laughs> it is the good news. I don't have to work all of those. I am <laughs> going to, I am going to go help uh, a little bit up at Brookline. I'll be there for the week and, and helping behind the scenes. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to being back and, and home with some members that I I've known for a long time. And certainly Brendan Walsh is the director of golf there and has been for a long, long time. And I consider him a dear friend and a close mentor. So 
looking forward to going back and helping them. And obviously we are, what is today? The 18th. So we are now in the 10 day window of, of uh, the Augusta national women's amateur. Um, so we're right on the lip of the cup for that one as well. And then I'll look forward to watching the Canadian open on television, but I don't think I'm going to have to go back and, and help with it. Just as like a, an Easter egg for people who listen to this episode and a nugget, uh, if you can give us this uh, for Brookline, what do you have to do well to play well there since from your experience? Drive it. You have to drive it well. Um, one of the things that a lot of people may not know about, about the country club is that um, they have really small greens. And so they're pitched typically back to front. And while not overly undulating, small green with tilt makes it difficult. And they take great pride in their rough as a lot of Northeastern courses do. So if you can get, if you get off the fairway and there's any kind of moisture in that rough, the golf course will play much longer than the yardage and an elevated green surface, small green surface tilted. It is, it is a handful of bees. And so drive it straight. And I, I really think if, if you're at home and you're thinking, okay, who's going to be in my lineup, I would look at driving accuracy and scrambling percentages. Those would be people that I think are going to migrate to the top of that, that field. Okay. All right. Good to know. I'll use that for my uh, own personal gain for sure. <laughs> I hope it works. I hope it works. <laughs> I, you mentioned earlier, some of the, um, the off course things about champions retreat, uh, the, the cottages, which I got the chance to stay in one of those. And I mean, lap of luxury is really what it was. Um, but those are, those are great. I mean, I don't know how many bedrooms there were in that single cottage, but it had to be yeah. six or seven. Uh, actually eight. Uh, oh, it was yeah. actually okay, eight. Great. Yeah. So it's funny. We call them cottages, which gives you some mental connotation of a small quaint hidden in the woods type of program. And while they might be hidden in the woods, they're, they're not small. So our smallest cottages are four bedrooms, uh, all ensuite bath, beautifully appointed, as you'd said. And those are 24, 2,500 square feet. We have some five to 6,000 square foot cottages and that's what you stayed in. And so, you know, the goal is comfort, right? We want you to come to the club if you're entertaining or you're on a golf junket with some of your friends for the weekend. Uh, we certainly don't want you leaving wanting for anything. And, and space and comfort is something that we take seriously in the design of those cottages. And we have it. Yeah, I think I'd venture to say I was comfortable for sure. <laughs> I, that's, not, that's not a hard thing for me to admit. Um, Good. And then as well, you, you talked a little bit about the, you know, the grill house uh, is a great place to have lunch on the patio there, um, right next to the course. Uh, we had yeah, dinner. We, at, we, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, please, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I, I, I think we take, take great pride in the fact that as a pure golf club, what we do have, we need to do very well. And so, we are very fortunate. We have uh, an executive chef that was formerly with the Augusta National. So that certainly helps in terms of knowledge of excellence. We have a food and beverage director that's an advanced level sommelier uh, that has been with us now for three years plus. And, and what that's done is a couple of things. First, most importantly, it, it has helped us focus on our membership and their, and their member and guest experience. Uh, that's really, really important. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Masters Week is a big deal. And so being able to do that at a national caliber for people coming to Champions Retreat from around the world, um, these individuals are highly skilled in their craft. And so we take the hospitality 
um, very seriously. And, and the customization available to our hospitality is most important. So if you're if you're here on a Wednesday and you're jumping in after work and going to get a chance to play nine holes and you just need perhaps a you know a cocktail or a, an appetizer to follow you around, we can comfortably do so. If you want to trust us with an entire weekend with eight to sixteen players, uh, we can have a variety of in cottage dining experiences, customized programs, customized menus, etc. And we take that we take that responsibility seriously. So with that quality golf. Um, obviously focused hospitality. And as you had already mentioned, some well-appointed cottages, that is champions retreat and that's the magic of it. And we focus on those three areas. Yeah. Is it uh Rucci? Is that the. Yeah. Like the Gucci. He, he makes the joke. It sounds like Gucci, but it's Rucci. And yeah. So Farabor's Rucci is his name and, and he's an all-star. If you ever have the opportunity to have a sommelier experience with Rucci and you can include cigars and bourbon in those conversations this is one of the most knowledgeable people in that space I've ever met in my life. And I've been in this industry a while. It's so much fun to have him on the team. He does a really, really great job. Um, probably one of the best John Daly's I've ever had in between <laughs> good. at the turn there. Uh, and then the, the last thing we did was uh, part of our experience there that I, I don't know how often you do these types of things and extracurricular activities, uh, but over on the Island nine, there's a, a, a riverside deck with fire pits, that type of thing. Uh, we did some night putting out there. That was very fun. Uh, and Rucci, uh, enlightened us with his knowledge of cigars as well. Yeah. Struck me as a great place for maybe some sort of wedding reception or, um, rehearsal type of party. Uh, and I know there, there are quite a few weddings that you do it has what part of uh or what kind of wrinkle has that been for your business out at I think, I think well? yeah i think as it's a positive one I, I think in our industry i think it's really important that we understand our members they have those life events and they want to trust those they won't trust those with just anyone so they choose to trust them uh to us and we take that seriously as well so with that, it could be anniversaries or birthdays. And uh, as a member of a club, if, if you have a son or a daughter that was getting married and you can do that at the club in our environment with trusted food and beverage and hospitality, but also the attention to detail and a backdrop of the Savannah River, that doesn't hurt. And so what you mentioned too, I mean, yours is a little bit more of what we would call um, you know, that customized experience. So you'll get a chance to go play golf, of course, and you'll have dinner and stay with us and and do those things, sit around the fire pit and have a cigar. If we can move that around and keep giving you different looks and we can do it out at the river one time, we can do it, you know, at the grill house out on the patio one time, it's a great opportunity for there just to be different types of experiences. And most importantly, I think it's putting you in a comfortable zone to have great conversation with the people you choose to socialize with. And so um, it's with that, that's the little bit of the backdrop that we tried to keep changing so that it's, uh, it's interesting and, and certainly, as you'd mentioned, um, some of our backdrops aren't so bad. So it's been fun to be able to move those around the property. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Uh, Southern comfort hospitality. That's, that's champions retreat right there. You're right. Thank you. Uh, so before our conversation, I prepped you, uh, we do a topic of the week and this week we are asking, uh, our readers who their favorite golf course architect is. Now, knowing that there are three high-profile 
golf course architects there at Champions Retreat, I asked Cameron if he'd be willing to go on the record about which one of those, <laughs> or maybe which nine is his favorite, maybe not necessarily which of those architects is his favorite quote of all time. But he's also, like he mentioned, worked at a lot of places. So I'm curious as well as to who his favorite architect in general would be. Uh, so all that elaborate setup, Cameron, it's, it's your show now. Uh, what do you have? For well, well, listen, I'll, I'll start if I can on the personal side. Um, having been very fortunate, I worked at a place called Pine Ridge in Winnipeg, Manitoba. It was Believe it or not, Donald Ross did some work up in Winnipeg. Um, and so there's a lot of great golf in that space. He, he had a hand in a couple of golf courses up there, but also, you know, there was an Alistair McKenzie influence on St. Charles up in Winnipeg. So there's some good golf. A lot of people don't know it. Um, so I'm a fan of golf architecture and personally I lean towards the Donald Ross designs. They're classic designs. Um, Ross is typically known for giving you some sort of an aiming target or differentiator off of the tee. And then everyone knows his, his designs for having, you know, the beveled greens and, and, uh, and having some challenging putting and, and approach surfaces. And so I'm a fan of those, which ironically is hilarious because I'm not a very good chipper. And so um, I, I put from everywhere I could possibly do it without being laughed off the golf course. But I love Donald Ross's designs and there's so many of them that are great courses as examples. But here I had champions retreat specifically, you know, you're right. I have to be careful. I, I want to represent each of these nines well all of the time. And if you were to take a poll of the people who play golf here at Champions Retreat, I think you would get um, an even number of representations for each of the three nines. As I mentioned, I think uh, playing ability or comfortability in different elements of your game leads people down those roads. But that said, I really enjoy the Bluff Nine. And the reason why is because I believe that Jack Nicholas on this property did a great job of testing you off the tee, giving you what is what I believe some false comfort going into the green surfaces for your approach shots and some devilish green surfaces and uh, green you know complexes with bunkering, elevation, undulation. Um, he did a nice job of wrapping all of that up. And so if you're really playing golf at a high level, um, that will test every shot in your bag. And, and I think that's what's important. Now, I also would go on the record and say, I think that Nicholas designs are often criticized. And the reason why is because he often forces a type of shot. The most successful shot has to be perhaps this type of a certain type of shot. And, you know, if you're a regular golfer, you may not have that shot or it's uncomfortable or it makes you feel uncomfortable. And so that means at the end of the round, what do you have? A higher score than you want. <laughs> and, and we all like golf courses where we play well. So, um, you know, I think Nicholas designs um, are challenging. They're very difficult. And he expects uh, the player to be on top of their game in order to, to master his work. And so, uh, so with that, I'll, I'll lean towards the bluff nine. But I won't take anything away from the other two nines. I, I really do enjoy them both. I think Gary Player's nine, while it's not in our tournament rotation for the women's amateur, it was nothing to do with its design itself. It actually had more to do with the fact that there, there's a little bit of a neighborhood uh, influence on that. So there's some safety concerns. But, but with that, Gary Player's nine, uh, also a lot of forced carries. Those green surfaces, while bigger, are challenging. I think he did a great job of, uh, of giving you an opportunity 
to hit all the shots as well, the shorter par threes, but also, and with a lot of maybe some Redan influence on, on let's say four, uh, well bunkered on two. And, uh, and then as you had mentioned the ninth hole, I think you could put the ninth hole in the top 18 holes in the country. I mean, it's a beast of a hole and you could put it in any U S open and, and get great reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that hole, that tree we talked about was, like you said, it's not really in play, but it's, it's really like all you see off the tee. And you're like, <laughs> that's there. There's a lake right behind it. That's not where I want to be. That's right. So that's definitely. Where so he, so he lures you into the bunker on the left and then you wish <laughs> yeah. you would have hit it closer to the tree. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And the, and the Nicholas, uh, you talked about devilish greens. I mean, I'll be interested to watch that second green, that par three. I remember when we played it, one or two of us went yeah. back and forth on that one just because of kind of a, a little crowned surface, uh, yes. deceptively tough hole. I, right I actually, I will tell you, uh, for those of you watching at home, the, the second hole on the Nicholas nine could be a deciding factor in this championship. It is, it's sneaky because the women will play it from a, you know, a moderate distance. It's not like it's overly long. They, they're not hitting you're not hitting a hybrid or a wood into it. They're hitting an iron into it, but a short miss will end up 40 yards from the green, leaving you with very, very few options. And a tucked pin to the back right um, just brings in a bunker into play and long left is not uh, is no treat. Hitting that green is a feat unto itself. And if you make three there, I think you, I think you gain shots on the field. Yeah, that's so, a huge part. Good call. Great call. Right. And Canada, I would have pegged you more of like a Stanley Thompson, Ron Witten, modern day. Listen, St. George's with Stanley Thompson. Uh, and if you haven't played St. George's, another private club in Mississauga, or not Mississauga, excuse me, it's in Etobicoke. Uh, so nestled between Toronto and Mississauga. But um, St. George's, watch the Canadian Open, folks. I think it's, it's, it's ranked number one or two in Canada every year for a reason. And I think it's still number 80 in the world. And a lot of people don't know of it. It is a gem. Uh, it's a really, it's a beautiful classic design. Stanley Thompson did great work there. And I'm a fan, obviously, Banff, you know, Banff Springs and, and some of his other things. Of course, I, I like them. But um, yeah, just, uh, again, it's all about where you play well. And I yeah. think that's part of right. it, as you know. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and all the insights on Champions Retreat. Look forward to watching uh, the tournament coming up and coming to see it again at some point. But until then, uh, we really appreciate uh, everything you guys do. And, yeah, continued success, uh, hopefully, ahead for you guys. Well, Al, we appreciate that and consider you a friend of the the club. So thank you so much for including us today. And um, we look forward to staying in touch and and watching the – watching the tradition as they continue to unfold. Thank you. Cool. Thanks.